Hi there, I'm Neve Shaw and this is Humans of Space, a podcast about curious people. More specifically, it's chats with people that I've met along the journey so far in getting to space. People from many parts of the world, people who've inspired me, people who do interesting things, know interesting stuff, have figured out great things, or people who want to change the world. Curious people who are happy to chat with me about their lives, their passions, and explore together what drives us to be the people we need to be. I like to think that Humans of Space is a blend of space, science, curiosity, and creativity for ears of all kinds. But I guess that's up to you to decide. I'm speaking to two guests today, both of which established Space Nation, which is a company that aspires to dream of humanity in space and has been part of the space tourism sector for a number of years now. And they're the first company to be part of the United Nations World Trade Organization. Kalavaha Yakola is Finnish and he describes himself as entrepreneur, captain and co-founder of Space Nation. He's also a farmer's son, former military trainer and a private sector educator. The other co-founder is Mazdak Nasir, an Iranian refugee and award-winning film director. And I met them first in 2018. So let's see how our chat goes. So this week I have two people joining me, which is great. It's the first time I've had a conversation with three people at the same time. I'm very lucky. I have the two co-founders of Space Nation joining me today, based in Finland, Kala Vaha Yahola and Mazdak Nasir. And Kala and Mazdak and I, we both had a great time when we met in Moscow when we participated in the zero gravity flight, which was arranged through space affairs. And we all got on very well. So I've never forgotten them. I really think what they're doing with Space Nation is particularly interesting, which you'll find out at a later stage. Mazdek and Kala, thank you so much for joining Humans of Space. And if I can ask you both, starting with you, Kala, how are you and where are you right now? And how has the lockdown been for you? Thanks, uh, Niam. Happy to be here and being good here in uh, Finnish countryside in a small village where I'm from, actually, Bungalaidung. The lockdown and what happened affected me in that way that I was visiting here my yeah. parents last March. And a uh, couple of days before my flight back uh, to US in Los Angeles, the lockdown, the travel ban was uh, set in effect and been here since. What about you, Nasdaq? Where are you? Thank you for inviting us. I live in Helsinki, Finland, also, and the lockdown didn't affect me a lot because uh, because the situation here in Helsinki was very different from uh, from some of the worst cities around the globe. Yeah. It does restrict the, uh, the social life. And of course, not being able to travel for work has affected the way I work. It's a good reminder to all of us that that we need to be more uh, more conscious about how we our environment. It's a very strange time. I get a lot of satisfaction from doing this podcast actually and reaching out to different people and just checking in with people all over the world because we can sometimes think we're going through this alone. How would you describe what Space Nation is and what it does? We are creating this universal community for people to be concretely part and experience the new space era and space age being part of humanity's expansion to space. So we're offering like um, immersive experiences related to that and mm. creating basically a portal for that to take on uh, space missions here on Earth and in the future in space on site and now virtual missions coming. Where does the motivations come for that? 
there's a sense that uh, that binds that we all find like passionate about humanity's expansion to space, but not not in a sense that uh, okay, there's like adventure, exploration, and discovery and that sort of things, which is more like uh, outward and and humanity yeah. becoming like a space civilization, so to speak. But a big part of that is that, and, and at the core, like what does it affect and what's the possibilities and benefits for, for humans, like uh, whether we talk individual, society and humankind. And there's kind of the beef and what inspires us that we see like not just like uh, resources and, and this kind of a tangible materialistic yeah. prosperity that we can get, but how it can actually like change us. Uh, with new perspectives, broaden our minds and change our mindsets. We have that sense of that world is like it is, like limitless and and full of possibilities. So it's quite a cultural thing. And what about you, Mazdak? For me, of course, going to space and exploration uh, was something that, you know, I had it from the time I was very young, uh, reading Jules Verne's books and, you know, Mm. imagining myself there. Later on, it became a passion for me because my background is from uh, TV and film industry. So I wanted to create a, a program, a platform where, uh, where people entertain, but at the same time learn new stuff, you know, learn about themselves, but also about science. It has uh, changed in a way, but it has become just more interesting. I think what you guys do, I like because I think there is a place for space in our culture and in society that helps us sort of reflect back on ourselves. And also, I think the work that you guys do kind of highlights what's coming and what's available. And you you are a bridge to the general public to make them aware of, as you say, Kala, uh, new space and all those different sectors. And I think that's really important because things are happening so fast now. Often it's difficult to keep up with the pace of it. So, Kale, was space always a fascination for you? Like myself, you're not formal students of astrophysics. Where did the space journey begin for you? How far back did it start? For me, it's basically like uh, as long as my memories go. I haven't like remembered any like uh, single moment that affected it. So I grew here in in a small like uh, rural like farming uh, village and uh, uh, somehow I was always drawn to the subject. So I, I, I was th- those who like uh, kind of uh, draw like rockets and uh, I uh, lent it all from the, the local library. And, and when they didn't have any more space books that I could read, then I was like ordering them like remotely from other libraries. And uh, I read all the sci-fi classics and uh, what Star Trek and, and these. And I kind of like, it felt me like normal, like kind of a... Um, natural uh, progression where we are are in the future and as a human at the end we're going and living in space it's very deeply rooted so when, when mastak and you and, and i here like speak the different kind of a, like motivations or benefits for space there's like so many multiple layers and and uh, there's like the practical layers of like skills that we can learn from astronauts and and uh, uh, ingenuity of like uh, technology that comes from space ventures, but it's in itself like deeply rooted. It's uh, uh, evolution of humanity and civilization. Uh, I went to study uh, theoretical physics. I was thinking at the time that should I go to study like very astronomy or, or this kind of very theoretical, but yeah. I went ultimately was like a mixture of applied and theoretical physics because there oh, was okay. a that I want a deeper understanding of like the world and space and, and around us, but also to kind of build something. But then the trip from that was something 
totally uh, different than idea of going to like uh, uh, in university or NASA or other institutions. Yeah. This kind of yeah. research and and when we ended up with Space Nation was just uh, uh, becoming friends with Mastac and then at one one day like Mastac telling about sending person into international space station and that got it then. Uh, rejuvenated basically and ignited again like yeah. almost lost fascination at that, that time. Mazik, will you, will you tell me a little bit about that then, how that conversation started from that uh, idea that you shared with Kala? My background is from a uh, film and TV industry. Back in uh, early 2000, I was working in, the, in a small uh, TV station here in Helsinki. It was very young age of uh, reality TV um, want to uh, to challenge people to uh, to learn more uh, and and myself also. So uh, it came with with the idea: why don't we have it a reality show where people are uh, trained to become an astronaut and then one goes to space? So in two thousand thirteen, I was just graduating from a uh, university, and uh, you know we had this uh, this one. Uh, conversation with Khaled where I, you know, uh, we ha- we had discussed before that that we should uh, we should uh, do something together, uh, you know, yeah. uh, uh, business wise, and um, and then I just, uh, happened to mention this this old idea I had. Khaled uh, back then he 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 kept his cool actually. He said, <laughs> okay, yeah, this is this is uh, interesting that we had a little bit of hangover. But I still like acted a little bit like keeping my cool in that moment. I remember that. Back then I was uh, producing my graduation movie. I was supposed to start shooting uh, in, in June. A couple of weeks later, Carla called me that, uh, that we, should, uh, we should get together. He had done some uh, calculations and mm. what we should do and what we need and, and all of that. So uh, we decided that I'm, I'm going to postpone my movie that I was yeah. going to shoot and uh, and two weeks later uh, uh, we established a company. Wow, that was it. That was it. You clearly have that entrepreneurial spirit. To have an idea is one thing, but to actually get the backing and everything that you did, where do those skills come from? Kala and Mazdek, you, you can answer it uh, separately. Was that just gut instinct stuff or was it experience about other companies or where, where did that come from? I don't have any entrepreneurial uh, instinct, in, you know, like uh, like some other people have. I've never done anything like that. I'm an artist to the core. What I needed was actually someone like like Carla because yeah. because he has that uh, within him. And one thing that has been keeping us working together all these years, and uh, what I really admire about Carla is that he uh, occupies his own uh, you know territory. If he doesn't know something, he goes out and, and finds out and learns, uh, learns it. And he is very humble about that, uh, mm-hmm. about the stuff he doesn't know. And at the same time, he gives me uh, space so that I can grow. It's a perfect union, actually, because you both are skilled in two separate areas. We complete each other. You complete each other. You're just like you're just like the perfect couple. But kind of tell us, how do you go from that? Because I would be more leaning towards Mazdaq as well. You know, I would be an artist at the core and I have to kind of live in both worlds, but doing it on my own, it's tough. So how do you break down an idea into achievable chunks and you get where you guys are now? 
Yeah, my background as, as I was like an educator also and in private and public sector. And, and just okay. before we started this, uh, I was actually like setting up my own company uh, for, for the education part. Okay. Uh, but I hadn't like yet started. So I, I just like had like basically founded it and I could like invoice through that and everything. But I, I hadn't yeah. like started to implement anything. And I always have had probably it come from the kind of like the farmer background or that that kind of from my parents that uh, idea of having like an own company at some point and we talked with Mastac of like uh, having together a company I mentioned and didn't like uh, rush it that when we have the idea and that both we shared like kind of a certain like blue-eyednessness and and naivety Mm, so that you have that kind of openness that you don't know actually like how um what kind of perils or adversity or, or what you can come come up and how much you yeah. actually need to work and, and learn but you go into that like with openness then you just start to like uh, see like what is important what what to prioritize what what do we need to achieve what's the steps and how does this work and all the fields related to that and i think it's all always that sort of things that uh, how do you hope that you don't get overwhelmed that you start yeah something and start with simple and emphasize like what really is important today this week next this month and, and next as you said like being like an artist at the same time and you need to kind of mm. like operate and do technical stuff and learn related perhaps not so artist related or that creative process related stuff that it demands certain kind of like stretchness in in your uh, brain so to speak that you need to at times, like you need to live uh, and think like in the future and far in the future, yeah. present, uh, think strategically, and then think very like operational and what do you like today, next week, and so forth. And when you have a team and you need to recruit talent and find other people to join to the venture, uh, then it creates like a totally different uh, complexity. But ultimately, it is about trying to make those steps and see like what is now really important and how do you make it into small, simple steps. It's fantastic. You got a lot of interest from investors. How did you sell that to them? Well, I, uh, at the early days, we didn't get any any interest from any, uh, any investor. <laughs> yeah, in the yeah. They used to laugh at us. But when you did, when you did, wow. Yeah, they you, they you, used you... to laugh at us. And it, it, what, it, was, it took like a one, one and a half year, call it, yeah. before, before we landed at, uh, the first, first no, investment. I, I, I think like the first investor era, like uh, very fortunate and was like a... a, a in a way, mentor for us also, that it, it took like just six months. And and later on, I actually like, I think I asked at one point, yeah, like like year, years after that, like I asked him like, why the hell did you invest in us when I like the other <laughs> materials that we presented to you and, and, and then rem- remembering like how we pitched it and everything. And yeah. Aero answered like, he's very, very like this uh, gentleman and polite also and said like, well, I didn't actually so much like believe like in the big plan at that time, but I saw that the team that we had, that he uh, had faith and, and with the boldness of our vision and something that you, even if we don't get to the ultimate goals, we land in yeah. something uh, great. And, and that was his then reply. It was a learning curve, basically. We, we 
of course, like uh, all and, and well, thinking that we didn't have like experience in startups and, and founding a company before, really. Um, so we made mistakes, learned, listened to the feedback and, and yeah. got out there basically pitching our ideas to many potential investors, partners and, and bouncing around the idea. So that gives us a lot of feedback that we all the time try to like, how do we make the message better and, and uh, how do we build the plans and everything. And um, that was just like a work that we were enthusiastic to do and go forward. And uh, I think the big vision and uh, the newness it and, and something that was totally, totally like novel and new in investors mm-hmm. in Finland, but also like in, in US and otherwise that mm-hmm something that at the time like uh, nobody really hadn't like heard or there wasn't much comparisons even though like yeah. people in hindsight didn't always like understand what we were talking about and everything but yeah. they, <laughs> that's about it and, and, and excited. they invested in you yeah i'd say they invested in the two of you they saw that good relationship obviously that you've already described to me i was just going to add that that, that there was dash of craziness maybe involved yeah. you put so much so much energy so much uh, so much time and uh, you you risk everything else basically um, and uh, even though people people uh, literally laughed at us uh, you know that, <laughs> uh, that you know two guys uh, one just uh, just uh, graduated from uh, art school the other guy yeah. as Carla uh, usually mentions he's a, a pig farmer's son so from yeah. uh, from a small uh, small village in Finland you know how are you going to send people to space and they didn't believe in us you know you need to have that uh, that trust in your uh, in your in yourself and and your uh, your uh, goals otherwise you can't yeah. make it yeah, I, I think like a big, big there advice could be that you need to be, and it, it's not like, it's not easy to say how, but like, you need to be very careful, like, who do you listen and who not, like whose feedback you value and, and take in and who's not. And I would argue that if you like go to like just any investors and these or partners like talk, 90% or 95% are like wrong places to give that feedback. Unless it is something really basic, meaning like how do you yeah. set up a startup or company. But regarding the actual business that you are in or the venture that you are doing, uh, most feedback is like like something that is like irrelevant. Find the really important feedback, the right feedback givers. And that's not easy. Probably just yeah. learn as you go, which is the perfect entrepreneur, I suppose, spirit. What would be a highlight moment for you so far in terms of your uh, partnership in Space Nation? We were talking like uh, at times, like in, in the way back, visit to NASA, like the first one, visit to NASA. And uh, uh, then, of course, later creating a like partnership agreement with them. Uh, th- that's like kind of the early days, uh, like highlight, yeah. I would say, like, because that was something that uh, given how I was, space was for me always, uh, I, yeah. I was just speechless and so much to take in and I was just I remember when we went to the souvenir shop there like that I, I just said to like Mastak and Annette at that time like, like please can you handle <laughs> buying like stuff for the office because I, I'm just overwhelmed I, like, I cannot do it now like I, I just like It's amazing to have to have gotten that agreement from NASA was it a hard sell? Yeah, I mean, it, it was a hard sale and it took a while and, and especially because we were like a foreign, uh, like also like a company from abroad, 
And uh, the thing that we were doing was so totally like that they couldn't much like comprehend it much or take in at the time. And uh, then they, the, if they started to like stack it, then we needed to make an, a lot of effort, of course, from conscious, like uh, from the beginning that they don't view us as reality TV show because they mm. have experiences from those and the kind of a, uh, NASA felt uh, in a way correctly when, when like Mastak told like what reality TV always like showed and everything that it's beneath their brand. And uh, so, so Big Brother in space wouldn't be like the thing that NASA should be doing, and, and rightfully so. Yeah. So ultimately, it was like uh, that took a lot of time. We uh, intuitively knew that we need to, when we set, set up the company, right away start to fly to US and create this relationship and relationship with NASA. And it took a couple years, basically, to foster the relationships on multiple levels. Uh, from the headquarters of the the NASA to like managers in Johnson Space Center and also like other people around NASA and everything. So we had a lot of like good recommendations and and key people putting a good word on our behalf. When was the moment that we wanted to make the agreement, basically? I'm proud of that agreement making, how we consciously and and patiently did it and then the execution of it, it basically. But uh, Yeah. yeah. So at that time, uh, it was like really a tough sell. I would say like now, even if it's just a couple of years later, now it's I I know that it's much much easier that uh, NASA has made a huge cultural like shifts and, and yeah. in really the envelope, which is seen like when they made the Artemis announcement and going back to yeah. them, which is like totally like un- untypical for them. Yeah. You have to understand that uh, that we uh, we were handicapped, you know, in every every possible way. We, we were coming from uh, from this uh, northern uh, small yeah. northern country that uh, that nobody knows in the in the America. We didn't have any relationship with the space industry, uh, you know, in, uh, before that. Neither of us had uh, pockets full of money, and the other. Uh, Co-founder, uh, that's uh, me. Uh, I'm originally from Iran. Yeah. So yeah. going to NASA and and uh, presenting our idea back then, as as Kalev also mentioned that you know the uh, the culture was very different. They didn't like the idea of sending uh, civilians or or non-professionals to international space station. It was just something that uh, that they didn't like at all, and we were presenting exactly that idea to them. So uh, it was a tough sell, yeah. very tough sell. And how did you do it? Oh, well, <laughs> we didn't give up. <laughs> we created the relationship. We were consistent, transparent. We were genuine, authentic, What we, where we come from, what we want to do. And then we built up like relationships around also. There were like key people that knew the decision makers in, in NASA and without giving yeah. up names and everything um, but, but that put like a good word uh, before then the actual meeting so like there was an actual meeting where we made the kind of a where the decision was made and at that time on my my only like uh, role in that meeting was to tell my personal story and uh, where I come from and why space nation and what we are aiming to do basically and then the NASA manager stepped in and basically f- formed the agreement or what we do and, and pitched it to the decision maker in inside like uh, NASA at the time. So, Amazing. so 
yeah. So, so, so that sort of things. I, I think like the genuinity, consistent and patience and creating those relationships, being present also like, so yeah. uh, we were a lot like involved in, in the space conferences and seeing everywhere and everything. So you really need to like make people feel that you are here and, and to stay. And Yeah, yeah. Where is Space Nation now in terms of that plan? I understand completely your values. And so it's really just about how you express them through the activities that you do in Space Nation, because the values are so important, which is to, you know, reflect back on society and culture about the importance of space and what it can bring back to us as Earth citizens um, and everything else. But how are you implementing that now in terms of your activities? So we had the global program and uh, uh, in, in hindsight, like, okay, there we were a little bit ahead of our time. So like there's yeah. not yet like Virgin Galactics and Blue Origins hasn't, for example, started the suborbital flights. We needed to like basically put some breaks at that time. This was 2018 and uh, were fortunate enough to restruct the company and it became an American company. So based in Colorado yeah. now. And doing those that we did like in the, the uh, uh, let's say like old space nation times, these expeditions in, in Iceland, and, mm. and we were already like uh, selling those like uh, uh, week-long uh, astronaut training experiences with the accompanying astronaut and, and so forth in the training grounds of Apollo astronauts in Iceland when the uh, pandemic hit ultimately. And yeah. uh, uh, that forced us like uh, to change even that. But uh, so we were planning and we had like other locations and coming up and everything for this kind of a expeditions on on-site uh, training and missions that are shorter uh, might be like a couple of days or even experiences uh, in real life like this on-site tra- uh, experiences that are less than a day. And now when the pandemic hit then, and this is something new that we are actually like renewing our website that uh, hopefully in a week or two, like we'll have it uh, out, out also, we'll explain in, in more in depth. We're quick to act. We had an online course with uh, astronaut Craig Johnson and, and Dr. Jim Rice that, that knows mm-hmm. everything about Mars rovers uh, and handled them like uh, with JBL and put together this kind of a astronaut skills for the 21st century course, uh, created the promotion, uh, had it live and in all this in six weeks period in May, at the end of May and beginning of June. And that was a, such a thrill and experience and the feedback that we got quite naturally soon we came that, that hey, like let's, uh, before the pandemic is over and that we knew that it's going to be a while, how about if we can change these on-site missions and, and expeditions into a virtual format? Mm. So it was kind of like very apparent, of course, like everyone is kind of doing what we can do in virtual. And we pretty soon concepted it out and found out that, uh, yeah, this actually works. And we are now in the phase that we are developing those and producing and uh, having them out like in the following months, the first one. And uh, they are oriented like Earth orbit, uh, moon and Mars themes. And accompanying that, uh, we are building a Space Nation membership that we are also launching. So there's an exciting stuff coming out like about these experiences around space that we are delivering in the upcoming months. 
And who is your customer? Who would be your ideal kind of person that would get engaged in the activities that you do? Let's say one core customer group is, I would say, like space enthusiasts, those who are curious yeah. about space and are following those. And with those inside the caveat that needs to be someone who is ready to take action. So, for example, uh, if, if you would be talking about like uh, target groups related to like online courses. So there's yeah. different kind of like uh, target groups. There's those people who basically only like look information through Wikipedia pages or other mm. resources. There's those people who uh, might buy some very cheap courses, but usually don't even finish them. So we want to find those really like seriously vested uh, into bettering themselves. Uh, learning about space also, but it's not all ever been really about technological parts or like that kind of a specialized skills. There's, of course, because of the team that, uh, that you learn about space and going to space and, and, and that kind of things. But it's ultimately all about like how can we teach skills about your character traits, personal skills, leadership, adaptability, uh, teamwork, things like that. And at the same time, uh, express those values and also like get you more invested with those those are parts of what, what the outcomes of these experiences are. And that basically already tells that from that perhaps like a smaller space enthusiastic group that is uh, growing up, uh, we have them like uh, and, and know that there's an interest in like those personal development, personal growth and, and like adventure travel and adventure uh, target groups that needs yeah. to have that openness and curiosity for space but might not be very like uh, already space geeks like uh, ourselves. Uh, or yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's something there for everybody in that, isn't there? It's, it's yeah. great. And, and as you say, you're attracting the general public, you know, who happen to be, they just want to learn more about themselves. And, and I think it's great that you apply the skills that people learn uh, in the space sector to everyday life skills. It's great. It's really, really helpful and really useful as well. Tell us, guys, how do you... Um, how do you manage pressure? Or I'll start with you, Mazdak. How do you manage fear and pressure? Well, I don't, I don't know if I manage it. I know how I, um, how I react to pressure, how I react to fear. And, um, and I've, been, um, I've been developing uh, you know, uh, various uh, tools to, to cope with it. I know, for example, that, you know, uh, um, I, I kind of, uh, when I'm, uh, when I'm under pressure, when I'm, uh, when I'm, uh, afraid of, of a situation, um, and I'm not talking about, you know, the, the situation like, uh, like, um, I don't know. Like a conflict or something. No. Yeah. Like, no, nothing yeah, yeah. like that. But no, 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 I'm just... talking about this situation that is, is overwhelming, for example, yeah. in a, um, I know that uh, that it uh, it, uh, it shuts me down. Yeah. Uh, that's that's uh, you know that, that that what happens to me. It uh, it shuts me down uh, both uh, physically and and uh, you know the, uh, psychologically. So so when when it happens, then uh, then I uh, you know I change the the gear. I start to. Uh, instead of uh, instead of uh, trying to solve the whole situation, you know, I take um, I uh, I make it into a smaller piece pieces, you know, 
uh, that uh, that I know that to get out of this situation, uh, to uh, to solve this problem, I need to do you know um, certain steps. So I start to focus on uh, on step at a time. Yeah, and uh, and you know eventually get out of that that uh, that. Uh, uh, Physical and, and psychological situation where uh, where um, you know that yeah. uh, that had yeah. uh, led me. That's that's one of the things. But it's it's a thing that uh, that uh, you know uh, over time you start to uh, to develop this type of uh, tools. Then uh, that I don't I can't say that that, that I have a better tolerance that, uh, than many other people. Mm. But uh, but my job has been always, you know, uh, uh, being a, uh, a director. It's it's a very uh, stressful job. Uh, yeah. I've been, uh, you know, my background, uh, living living country as a, uh, you know, my my home country as a as a refugee, mm-hmm. and all of that. You know, it it has uh, my life ha- life has had this this very stressful uh, moments that, that that has taught me, you know, uh, to uh, to create various tools to to deal with the pressure and stress wow but i don't think that uh, that uh, the same same uh, same tools work for everybody it's no i think that that's the thing yeah yourself and it's based, as you say it's based on life experience what about you Kala? how do you manage that pressure and fear sometimes yeah um i would say like there's like a couple of things that comes into my mind uh, one is something that, uh, uh, like the, if you think about everyday stress and that kind of like, whether it's your work stress or like living stress and your like constant stress, like how do you alleviate that? There's like things that, uh, exercise that like, you need to have some kind of exercise routine, like constantly as once again, with the caveat that not everything works the same for everyone, but like exercise routines, there's, you need to check your nutrition. What do you eat? How you eat? Do you eat how often? Mm-hmm. What's the rhythms and so forth? Sleep rhythm is probably the single most important. If your sleep rhythm is like constantly, uh, you go different times to sleep and wake up different times and you're interrupted and quality of sleep isn't there, that's going to just worsen things. Um, then uh, these kind of things as like uh, an environment also. Like if your environment where you are like doing your work or, or everything is it's very cluttered, very uh, like uh, uh, unclean or something like that, that can also like amplify like the, the stress and everything. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing yeah. is like the journaling meditation. Journaling is especially uh, important like that you can write down like what do you, if you are like having some fear or stress, like write down like what are you afraid? What, what are you stressing about? And trying to like with handle it with writing, like okay, so what's what's the worst thing that can happen? What's urgent now? How can I can I do something to that? Is it out of my mm-hmm. control? Am I stressing mm-hmm. something that is out of my control? If it's on my control, what can I do? And and what's the simplest thing that I can do and start from there? So and the meditation is a little bit the same, but that's kind of a calming you down and and if you breathe work related to that and, and uh, those kind of things are, are, are one thing. Positive uh, okay. peer group, like talking to Mastec, like sometimes like if Mastec to me, me to Mastec, like if we have some yeah. 
fear or stress like that right away that you have another perspective and and someone like sounding board that's like important and especially that it's like a positive if the, if you have someone that just adds to the negativity or adds to your fears that's not healthy and ultimately then it all comes to back to that that uh, many times uh, it's about ambiguity feeling like uh, overwhelmed so how do you break down your actions and things that you need to react or do into small simple steps what can yeah. i do can i affect what is in my control yeah yeah that's it isn't it the last question i want to ask you both is um obviously before we discuss noni which yeah. we'll get to <laughs> that's how we all bond it was over the word noni but we leave that to the end is uh when will you feel in your life that you have really left your mark? When will you feel, yeah, yeah, we did it? Yeah, I hope never. Because oh, if, okay. if you do yeah. so, if you do so, then you have uh, set the bar too low for yourself. Yeah, true, true. That's, that's that shouldn't happen because because you know you always raise the bar. If you, if you reach the your goals, it's just something that 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 you should reconsider because. Because maybe your goal wasn't uh, wasn't actually a goal; it was just a step. Yeah, fair point, Master. What about you, Carla? <laughs> no, no, I was thinking that. Do I need to readjust my because I? I, was, <laughs> no, exactly. I, I, I was, no, you can say what you like. Don't mind him. He was very zen. No, yeah, you be specific. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to just say like I. For me, it has been a bit changed. Like it's. Uh, uh, yeah. I agree with Master. Can understand that point of view and that has been with me also but I've now later on like learned how to enjoy also like a kind of a daily victories or something or yeah. something that comes like maybe not daily always but like weekly or monthly so whenever I I have a chance to have some kind of a positive impact to another person like on on this course or, or that and and that give them something that they they learn or or, or something like that and same with me and, and that I, I learned myself. I think those are very important and have become more important. So it's not that there's kind of a duality here. So having that kind of achievements and, and enjoyments, and I think that's important for everyone that can be very helpful. But at the same time, as Mastak said, you need to have those kind of a bigger achievements, ultimately. Yeah goals that you you uh, are striving for and with space nation of course like you can imagine that the, the score oh, yeah. has always has been like very very high like not just change like uh, 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 hundreds or thousands of people but ultimately like impact as big as we yeah. can to the whole humanity basically and being part of the positive change that many people like like you are doing on the field yeah, you know, it's it's what you guys are doing is, is incredible. And, you know, I really hope I get to see you physically again, but I, I can't leave you. I mean, we've come to the end really of the interview, but I, I can't leave you without you sharing what Noni means uh, in terms of a phrase and what it represents for uh, Finnish people. I'll, I'll leave it to either of you to tell me, because I love this word. I love this word more than life itself. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, now like Ma- Mastex showed like one. It was like no. It's like meaningful. <laughs> so, so noni is like it's the key word in human uh, in in Finnish language. <laughs> that if you start to learn learn nonin, because with that you can relate all emotions and every answer for <laughs> at least with Finnish people that you need to like express. So, like Mastex just said noni, like uh, kind of like here we go. 
And, yeah. and, and there's like, uh, okay, let's go. No need. And, <laughs> and, uh, there's this like, uh, maybe Mastek, you you can like showcase another <laughs> answer. How, how are you feeling, Mastek? Nani. <laughs> <laughs> It's like in Ireland, you see, I think I really get it because in Ireland we have those kind of little things we say when we, we're not really saying anything and yet we're saying yeah. everything. So we'll yeah. go, sure, you know yourself or sure, there you have it. Like we've got loads of them. But what's really good about Noni is you just say Noni and, and it's it's how you yeah. intonate it that yeah, makes it's it different. Yeah, it it's is. It's a great word. Uh, you know, well, yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, intonation is, uh, you know, it gives it, gives it the, uh, the meaning and it, it you know it, it could be positive it could be negative it could yeah. be uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a great it, word different emotions like uh, like, like uh, 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 let's already go I'm fed up Noni and, yeah. and <laughs> okay let's go I'm excited Noni <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And it's such a lovely way to end our chat. Um, Mazdek and Khaled, thank you so much. I thank really you, wish you every success with Space Nation. I can't wait to see what you do next. It feels like we're in the same, we're kind of in the same pool. We're doing slightly different things, but I think I really understand what you're trying to do. And I knew from meeting you that you got what I was trying to do as well. So it's lovely when you meet like-minded people because it can be a lonely path when you're trying to do something like as you guys were in the early days when people laugh at you but I know ultimately we will get there so thanks again to both of you and here's to dreaming big thank you Neum this has been wonderful no thank need. you for having <laughs> us oh it's some great no need <laughs> If you like this podcast or if you like what I do or if you'd like to know more or have a question, you can sign up for updates on my website, neveshaw.ie. This podcast is funded by my loyal Patreon subscribers, the subscription content service that allows me to create and share exclusive videos, advanced episodes of this podcast, provide special deals and discounted offers for patrons of my work. And thanks to those patrons, I get to make the work I want to make and can continue in my mission to get to space in earnest. And in return, I get to include them all in the adventures every step of the way. I couldn't do any of it without their support and I will be forever grateful to them. So thanks. And maybe you'd like to become a patron too. So if you would like to support my mission to get to space as storyteller, further details of Patreon's membership benefits and about this podcast, upcoming events and activities, they're all available from my website, neveshaw.ie account. I'd love to hear from you, but we can connect in other ways too. If you're on Twitter, my handle is Dior underscore Neve underscore Shaw. If you're on Instagram, it's Dior underscore Neve underscore Shaw. Or on Facebook, follow my page, Get Neve to Space. If you just want to watch more content, you can check out my videos on my YouTube channel, Neve Shaw. Humans of Space is produced by Mark Gardner and Catherine Cunning at Oxford Sound Studio, Oxford in the UK, with music by Tom Beasley. <laughs>